morning is Philippians 1, 19 through 20. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live in Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let the man of your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So what is deliverance? What is salvation? We know salvation is being delivered, being saved from our sin and death. And so we celebrate Easter. We celebrate every Sunday worship. Actually, we celebrate every day for this deliverance from sin to death. But to be honest with you, we are We know it. We know salvation. It's vague. We don't know exactly. We don't know how to explain it. Even though we we say we celebrate it. We have it. But we don't know how to explain deliverance, salvation. Do you know? Do you know what is salvation? What is your salvation? What is you really cherish? And we celebrate together as a church. And we have the joy. Do you have this joy, great joy? But the question is, if we are saved, from what? When have we saved? Because we are still sinning. We are still in sin, in brokenness, in this world. Until we depart, until we die. Our pain, our sorrow will be continued. 
So what in the world is salvation? What is deliverance for us? Soteria, in Greek, deliverance, salvation, soteria. It means comprehensively deliver or save from present sickness, trouble, danger, anything we want to be saved from. That's soteria, salvation in the early church. But we know we Christians are not free from the troubles, sickness, right? Accident. Then how can we rejoice in the Lord for salvation, for deliverance? How can we rejoice? How can we celebrate every time we gather in church on Sunday? Should we wait until we die when we get to heaven and then maybe we celebrate there for salvation? But how come Apostle Paul encourages us to rejoice in the Lord always? And God says, every day, rejoice. Glad in it because God made the day. Any day. How can we do that? So today I want to share with you how come the salvation, deliverance is the fundamental joy for us. In verse 19, Apostle Paul said that deliverance is being not ashamed at all. And Christ being honored in his body, in this body. With the help of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, whether by life or whether by death. According to Paul, it doesn't matter well-being of our physical life, this body, but it matters the spirit, right? Because we are crucified. We were crucified with the Christ. And Christ, in the faith, Christ lives in us. So we must not be ashamed at all in what we do. Only Christ be honored for our being, for our doing. This is a deliverance. This is a salvation. So this is salvation which we experience here and now. Salvation is what we experience here and now. So we have that joy. But how can we live like that? 
not be ashamed at all and honor Christ in our body. When we are in sin, in this world, even though we know we are not of the world, but we are in the world, we are suffering, and the world, the broken world, impact, make impact on us. How can we live without shame and guilt when we are confined in sinful nature, in this body, the broken world? Because we are, we know we are standing before God. We are standing before God. Even here in this sinful world, in this broken world, we are standing before God. So we must perceive the gaze of God, the presence of God in our life. So it is life without secret to God. We can anyway, we cannot keep secret before God. Right? It is life, no secret to people around us. Nothing to shame. But does mean that we live perfect life, flawless life. But facing God in humble but confident attitude. So it is being assertive. Assertive is the attitude of a Christian. Who finds joy in deliverance from shame but honoring Christ? What is being assertive? Are you assertive? Are you assert? Can you being assert- be assertive to anyone? I mean, encountering people with the same attitude, regardless. Who the person is, right? Being assertive. Because when the whole world cares for external perspectives of us, right? The world just cares for external perspectives. Money we have, the position we have, the education we have, right? They only care for that. But Christians care for inner perspectives, the knowledge of God, the redemption by Christ, the abundance in God. We care for that, inner perspectives. So Jesus was assertive always to anyone. We know he was poor. He was from Nazareth, which is really people despised. He was technically a homeless person. 
But he was assertive. He was not even educated. And had nothing to be proud of his family. Right? But he had the same attitude towards anyone. To the rich or poor. To the powerful or weak. So Apostle Paul said, For to me, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To die is even gain. To die of my external perspective is gain. Because only left is my inner perspective. So he even said, My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better. So decreasing himself, decreasing myself in our body is increasing Christ in our spirit. It's automatic. But if we try to increase our body, increase us in the body, this body, will decrease Christ in our spirit. We have to choose. We can do both. So this is deliverance. And this is salvation and being in the heaven. You know what? Sometimes Christian claims heaven is a far better place of no tears, no pain. But you know what? No one wants to go to heaven ASAP. Right? Do you want to go to heaven today, right after this worship? No one. No one. Even they are in such a pain, even they are such in trouble, nobody wants to go to heaven ASAP. Because their, their heaven is the place they want to go, what they want to be after they live in this broken world as long as they can live, as long as they can enjoy. And after they die and they think they go to heaven. But you know what? If they do not experience heaven here and now, How can they claim they have deliverance? How can they will be in heaven? If heaven is here, heaven is here. I don't know. So we must keep reminding ourselves we are died, we are dead. Where, so we must nail ourselves to the cross every day. Just keep reminding us our new creation, our life, our eternal life has already been crucified with the Lord. If you represent, if you're proud of you before Christ, without Christ, and it's, it is the power of a salvation 
is not there. It's meaningless. Doesn't do anything with your life. So salvation is present, progress, life. Happening right now. It's I-N-G, life. Not will be, but I-N-G. Present, progress, life. Enjoy in honoring Christ. Not in the future. Not in the distant future. In uncertainty. That's why. If it's uncertain, if self, your salvation is uncertain, you cannot celebrate. Maybe we can fake it, but we cannot celebrate. Right? Remember, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. We acquire that life Accepting Jesus Christ is not just concept of Jesus Christ, concept of salvation, but accepting Jesus himself, the life itself, the eternal life itself. And Jesus said, I am the life. Now he didn't say, I will be the life. He is said, I am the life. So we have the life. We have the eternal life. And the kingdom of God is wherever God rules. If your family, if your living room, if your office, if your classroom, if your workplace, wherever you are, you are under ruling of God. You are in the kingdom of God. When the people under the ruling, they're obedient to God, they're in the kingdom of God. And God rules the world anyway. But people just deny it. And Paul explains how to be assertive specifically. Paul said, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Manner of life. What is the manner of life? In Greek, it is polytiomai. Polytiomai. So, nation, a city or nation in Greek culture is a polis. So, polytiomai means you are living as a citizen of the nation. That's the manner of life, Paul said. Even in Roman Empire, they had that attitude. You, if you're a citizen of Roman Empire, then you must have this attitude, the manner of life. What is it like being a citizen of the United States of America? I think maybe I'm the only one became citizen. You are born as a citizen. But some years ago, I became a citizen. To become a citizen of this country, I had to pledge myself these things. Support and defend the Constitution. Participate in the democratic process. 
respect and obey the laws, pay the tax honestly, defend the country if the need should arise. And there's more, but these are things. That's the manner of a citizen, manner of life for American citizen. Do you do that? If I do not uphold these my pledges, would you welcome me as a fellow American citizen? If I do not pay tax, if I do not, you know, defend our constitution, if I do not protect our country, would you welcome consider me as a fellow American citizen? Maybe not. Right? What about being a citizen of the kingdom of God? What is the manner of a life in the kingdom of God being delivered? It means Christ be the principal agent of our life. I told you. That's what it means. We were crucified with the Lord and Christ lives in me. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. means let Christ be the main principal agent of my life. Otherwise, we cannot live without shame, without guilt. Do you live as a citizen of kingdom of God? You know the word idiot as a pastor or from pulpit, I shouldn't say idiot, but idiot came from Greek word idiotes. The Greek people call people who just thinking about themselves, not about their country, not about their community. They're idiotes. What if the church is full of idiotes? Idiots. Only consider for themselves, only care for their life, only care for you know my family, my country, my money, my my whatever, my 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 me, 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 me. Then what about our country? When God entrusted United States of America to American Christians, if we don't care and we're all being idiots, then what, what's gonna happen? We just wait until we all oh, we're, we're done with this country. We'll, when we get to heaven, just we will have a great life. No, 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 no. God intentionally sent, called us, and saved us, and called us, and sent us into here, right here at Prada, in Lancaster County, in Pennsylvania, United States of America, intentionally, right? We are responsible for sin and evil and violence of this country. Do you love this country? Do you love your country? Then let's be Christians. Let's be Christians. What if all the Christians in our country be Christians, like Christian, Christ-like what if all that means we are being fathers being fathers like, more mothers being mothers like, 
All employees like being like employees. You know what I'm saying? Student being like a student. Do their thing, being faithful, their title. They're just appalled, commit themselves to their title, their responsibility. What's going to happen to this country? I believe this country will be far better. The church should be far better. What if the bishops and pastors, the clergy, be like bishops? Be like pastors. It will change. And Paul explains more specifically about being assertive and the manner of life. Manner of life be the worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul said, So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is the clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and death from God. It means being a church, striving side by side, like a fellowship, work together, partnership together. We strive together. That's how we achieve being the manner of life, the word of gospel of Christ. Standing firm in one spirit. Your spirit? No, Christ's spirit. The spirit of Christ. We have to strive to be in the same spirit with the Christ all the time. So we can be calm, being in peace in anything, any challenges, any calamities, any challenges by our enemies. Whoever that is, the spiritual evil forces out there disguising any any way, right? We cannot fight individually. That's why we are gathered together as a flaw, as a body of Christ. That's why we gather. Because we are not perfect. And we are not shepherd. We have one shepherd and we are the sheep. Sheep cannot fight wolves. So we must be together in one spirit of Christ. And it is such a challenging saying. Paul said it is a clear sign. Either people of destruction or people of salvation. It is critical. If we are not being church, striving for one, one, one spirit, the worthy of gospel, then we, are, we will be destroyed. First church, Ephrata, are we in one spirit? Are we in one spirit? 
One spirit coming from empathy. Our church, I know you guys care for each other. Even you care for the people, strangers out there. Home, even homeless people out there. Yes, knowing the heart of Christ and we share that being one spirit. You know, but many churches, they're being calm without striving. That is the way to disruption. That is the way to perish. Church, continually, we have to seeking the trouble. We must seeking the battle in our individual aspect of our life. Also for our community. We must look for the needs of our community. If we look for needs for myself, and we have to fight for it, we have to battle with it, with the help of the Holy Spirit. If we just, oh well, you know, I don't want to deal with it. It's not that bad. You know, that problem is not that bad. I don't want to deal with it. That's not peace. That's a fake peace that Satan deceives us. Dear saints of church in that brother, As Apostle Paul challenges church in Philippi, his letter challenges us as well. He said, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Many people just think that deliverance, salvation was granted. Yes, it is granted. You didn't ask Jesus, but Jesus gave it to you, gave it to us. But we know disgrace is not free. Salvation is not free. Just Jesus paid for it. And Jesus wanted to join him. He saved us without us. But he wants to work with us. He wants us to participate in saving other people. So for the sake of Jesus Christ, we should not just believe in Christ, but we must suffer for Christ. You know, nobody wants to suffer. But we must suffer for we must battle for Christ's sake. So once again, are we suffering? Are we sacrificing for Ephrata and our country? Many Christians watching news and just, they grieve, right, nowadays. We just grieve 
It is so dark. There's no hope in our country and the world. And we blame politicians. We blame those people on the news. Let me ask you, though, why the world is so evil and broken? Have you thought about why the world is so evil and broken? Because there are so many bad people? No. Always we had bad people out there. No. Because so many good people being quiet and do nothing. I'm saying Christians, churches, because we believe God is only our God and Jesus is the only Christ and Jesus calls us church. We are the only hope of the world and Christians do being silent against the evil, injustice, Poverty, hunger, and whatsoever, the needs out there. Violence. We quiet, being quiet and we do nothing. Then the world is just continue to be evil and broken. You know, violence is powerful because our fear is powerful. Right? If we do not have we do not fear. For the violence, violence means nothing. Right? And we know how to we deal with the violence, how we deal with the evil. Jesus show us. We must be pure. We must live without shame. We must live, we must honor Christ in our body. You know, church growing is not so many people fill in the pew. But revival in you, in your life and my life. When we live like that, we will both challenge the people around you, around us. And also encouragement for them. And we being transparent. We're just purely transparent. I told you, people can see God only through Christians. We are the window for the people. But if we are dark, we're dirty, then people can not see God through us. So, Friend, let our attitude be the worthy of gospel against the evil and violence. And let our deliverance, our salvation be real and making progress here and now. So Christ is being honored in us. And we are in the paradise today with the Lord. Amen.